0: Welcome to the Wasting Time Podcast. I'm here with Chris. Good afternoon, Chris.
1: Good afternoon, Nick. Nick's just been giving me a tour of his brand new house that he's moved into.
0: Yes. Settled in, which is nice. Um took a took a good week or so but but we got there and we feel a lot more settled now, so it's nice. Sun's shining. Yeah, I'm-, I'm a stone's throw away from the beach, so I'm gonna take the dog for a walk down there after this. So that's cool
1: yeah I can assure the listener having seen it it's a very nice place I'm a little jealous myself um, well
0: you're just gonna you're gonna have to look at that move up north aren't you really if you want to <laughs> <laughs> money doesn't buy you much in in the center of London right
1: no that's true that's true um, I mean could yeah,
0: you even yeah. get a house like a flat for like a couple of hundred grand
1: in London, mm, I think I think you'd struggle to be honest. Like even yeah. like a studio, maybe a studio. Yeah, studio. But but prices have have dramatically fallen on flats recently. Um, right. Y- yeah. As I I had I had mine valued last week, and as I found, but I'll uh, oh, really? <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you about that. Um, not on the podcast sometime. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to that. But it is what it. It is what it is. Difficult times we're living in.
0: <laughs> yes. Although some better times ahead. Starting to see some people now. You're going to see your parents this weekend, right? Some family.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Since la- the first time since last summer. So really looking forward to that. I guess, sure
0: um, starting to see like, sh- like tour, proper tour, big tours being booked now as yeah, well. Yeah, man. Yeah. I yeah. Saw that Newfound Gloria doing a big mammoth tour with Simple Plan.
1: Yeah, that was obviously originally scheduled it was a re- for last summer, and, yeah. and if they've got the new dates for that.
0: Yeah. Not yeah, long until your um, stag do either, that's... Um, yeah,
1: that's true. Still I, hopefully that, that all goes ahead.
0: Yeah, although I have heard we are struggling to book places for like 20-odd, 30-odd people. <laughs> uh, Sounds like that's <laughs> yeah, been that a bit too. of a challenge, so we may just yeah. end up in a park.
1: Right. Well, as long as I get to see you all, it's that, well, there you go, that's, that's what it's all about, right? right? Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Well, given yeah. given I've been mo- moving house, I haven't really done much in the way of um research or listened to much, although I mean, that's a bit, probably a bit of a poor excuse because moving house and yeah, unpacking boxes, I probably could have.
1: It's probably a the good, of, yeah, the yeah, good it's a good opportunity, opportunity to just to. Just Stick some the on an on, album right? you don't really know and 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 uh, le- listen to some new stuff. So, so yeah, I, spo- I suppose a bit of a letdown there, Nick. But oh. you know. what,
0: what what have you got
1: that's been on your radar anyway? In terms of new stuff, there was a new song by Girlfriends featuring uh, a guy called J- uh, Josiah. I don't know, I don't know how he says his name. I think that's right. That's a bit, bit of a tune, very much in the girlfriends kind of vein. Um, really enjoyed the song by Point North, the new Point North song. Nice now. That's a, that's a good little pop punk jam and a sort of, you know, sort of machine gun Kelly sort of vein. Um, very catchy though. Um, what else have we got? (laughs) I saw Hot Mulligan had a new song and they, they very, uh, intelligently called it. Featuring Mark Hoppus, like, because you see that and you think, oh, he's on their song, but that's just the title of the track, which just is just a marketing uh, ploy. Yeah, no, quite sly, but nicely done. Um, what else has there been?
0: New Bleachers oh. track you sent me.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did, did you think of that? that?
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it, but it definitely sounds like something else. Sounds like a ripoff of something, but I can't <laughs> put
1: my finger on. <laughs> yeah, sneakers. someone else said that. Like it's a a, it, to me it sounds like uh their other song i want to get better so it's like i want to get better part two i i feel like it is a bit um there's that kenny the song that's going back a two or three weeks now the the uh hollywood sucks i love uh, you know i really like that one
0: yeah he's got got a great voice really like his voice yeah
1: yeah um. yeah super catchy um Uh, This isn't new, but I've been listening to Jade Jackson's album from 2019 because I'm supposed to have her on the show soon. Um, That's really good. You can really feel the Mike Ness production on that. Um, So I'd recommend that. Oh, theres I don't know how new this is. I'm looking it up now. Oh, start of May. So relatively new. But do you know a band called Dangers of Love? They're a London-based band. Uh, I know it has... Joe from Apologies and Giles from Great Cynics in it and then there's a couple of guys from other bands. Um but they're really good. Been listening to their new song Gloria, I'd recommend you check that out. I think you'd like that.
0: Okay, can we listen? Yeah.
1: I think I think that's it for the for the highlights for me recently. Any shows lined up? Like not anything that's
0: not, up, Nothing anything that I've done.
1: Mm.
0: Just waiting to see No
1: No yeah Just waiting to see If things happen And stuff really What about you
0: Yeah same Yeah Not in any rush To get back to a Crowded venue Really Yeah uh, Yeah Out An outdoor venue maybe Um, See what pops up up here Maybe Slam Dunk Like if there's you know Something going on for Slam Dunk It's September now That isn't
1: it It's September Yeah Yeah Yeah. that's, that's, That's a possibility I'm sure tickets won't be, you know, selling out
0: for that with what's going on.
1: So, you know, something reluctant people still.
0: Yeah. something you can maybe jump on board later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I could possibly be down for that. Yeah.
0: Cool. What about the love breakers? Any, any news for the love love breakers? Now you are Uh, there um, (laughs) managing them.
1: Yeah. Just trying to, you know, like line up some shows and stuff, but obviously that's difficult at the minute. Um, but like really just gearing up to the album release, look at that little plug here, June 25th, Primary Colours, we've talked about it on the podcast many times.
0: Yeah, what, another three, three or four weeks?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, about that. They, they, they've got, they, they they at the time of recording, they filmed a video just, what, about four or five days ago, so that'll be coming out soon. So What track's that for? It's for the title track, "Primary Colors."
0: Oh, okay, cool. No, I like that. So that's like kind that of song. like
1: the final single from the album, I suppose. So cool. uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll be giving that a push when that's out.
0: Well, maybe we could get them on for a little ten fifteen minute um, release
1: chat. Yeah, that's that's a cool idea. I certainly wouldn't object to that. I'm sure they, I'm sure they'd love to as well. That could be fun. All right, shall we get into today's interview?
0: So we interviewed Steve from Belvedere, um, been around for a, for a long, long time, um, mm-hmm. played with some pretty incredible bands, done a lot of touring over the years, brought a new record out, um, which is out now. I think it
1: will be out now. Yeah, right, Chris? Came, it yeah, came last out last week. On, I think yeah, it was May, at the end of the first week of May. So when we spoke to him, it had been out for two days. I think no, no tell a lie we spoke to him just before it came out as you'll as you'll hear from our chat it's because it came out on the 14th that that was it
0: he was very kind enough Hi. to give us a little preview of the record
1: yeah yeah. Events.
0: but yeah go listen to it go check it out um but here's our chat
1: Steve man thanks thanks for doing this by the way sorry I haven't haven't said that yet thanks for giving thanks us for a having bit me for your time um what well, are, are you are you over in Al- are you in Alberta
2: yeah, yeah, I'm in Calgary, so I'm. Uh, it's 10.30 in the morning here.
1: Okay, nice, nice. How's your weekend so far?
2: It's good. It's been a little dreary, actually. We had some pretty nice weather there earlier on in the week, but now it's raining and it's three degrees, so there's been snow, like little bits of like snow throughout the day too, which is not super unusual, but not welcome in May. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So what's what's the situation in kind of calgary and i guess canada in, in general at the moment with um as far as kind of pandemic goes
2: um yeah we're not doing too good as far as alberta goes and canada's not doing super great but i mean they've been they've been vaccinating people pretty regularly here and it's really ramped up over the last little while uh where i am in alberta um we've got one of the worst cases uh per whatever metric they use in the world right. which is no good so Oh, they've sorry, kind of no, shut no. some things down um and we'll see how it goes
0: cool well not very cool actually no. <laughs> not
2: cool at all really yes i guess we haven't really we haven't locked down here like right we haven't had a real lockdown so you know they basically what this means is they just kind of like closed restaurants for you know other than pickup and stuff but you know um, there's been some restrictions that we've had before, but it's not like they're telling everybody to stay in their house and stuff. So, uh, we're, you know, which, um, depending on what your thoughts are on that, that might be a good idea just to sort of get things a little more reasonable here. But of
1: course. Of
2: course. I've had enough fighting with people about <laughs> what you should and really? shouldn't do. So I just, uh, let's just, I just want to talk about music.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, fair.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so, I mean, so so how, I mean, how did it affect you guys? Obviously you're bringing out um new record i'm gonna check the name here first uh hindsight is the sixth sense next week next friday right
2: yeah if out come out for yeah, yeah um. that's right um yeah so i mean it's um we were supposed to do 100 shows this past year um mm-hmm. we were going to be quite busy and so um you know silver lining to that is we started writing uh, a new record and i'm really glad we did um it turned out really well and i'm proud of it and i'm excited to get this thing going here next uh next friday
1: yeah, cool. I should also say probably by the time we've released this for the listeners that it is out now. Technically, if you're listening yeah, to, go it, to it, So go, uh, go, go listen to it. Go listen to it.
0: So, so you said you had like a uh, hundred shows booked. I mean, where where were you heading out to? I mean,
2: we had three. We had three UK and Europe tours set. Um, we were going to be on Manchester Punk Festival, Punk Rock Holiday, uh, Tells, Bells, Resur- um, Resurrection Festival, Rebellion uh, Brackrock. There was a, there was a whole long list of them that we were supposed to do. So we were coming over three times last year and, uh, and then we had a bunch of stuff in Canada and then some stuff in Mexico. And, um, and then of course we, after that, we were going to start rolling into other things, Japan, South America, and and maybe the U S so, um, yeah, uh, obviously it's a bummer and we're trying to, you know, just, I've moved things a few times now and I'm hoping that, uh, if everything goes well, that, uh, Maybe we'll be back in the UK um, by the end of this year or, you know, then, you know, next year, uh, next spring.
0: Fingers crossed,
1: yeah. Have have you got kind of tentative plans for that, like potential tours lined up? Okay.
2: Yeah, so we had, you know, we've had, like I say, three separate Europe, UK sort of tours with support bands. And so we've kind of taken those groups of dates and tried to put them together to kind of do a longer tour at the end of this year. And of course, we don't know, like things are are not amazing as far as numbers go in Europe either. So we'll have to see what this all looks like. Uh, but we are going to take one more stab at it at the end of 2021. And if not, then we're going to move a whole shit ton over to April and then June and then next summer as well. So um, okay. that's all you can do, you know, just kind of keep positive and, you know, not sweat it and just uh, just try to make the best out of things.
1: Well, you have you'll have this new this new record to to play when on these upcoming tours, at least you know. You yeah, know, which is cool, you know, because our la-
2: you know, we were going to tour on a five-year-old record, so this was kind of right. The year yeah, that we were really get yeah. going, right? So, you know, it's nice to have a new record, and 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 we're excited about that. So, um, you know, try to look at, at the positives whenever we can.
0: It looked like um, Manchester Punk Fest was trying, was trying to get something organized again for the next. I don't remember, if next, next year or the year after.
1: Um. Did you get an email yeah. about that the other day, Chris? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's yeah. I think they want to make it happen next year.
0: We would were, you we would you we we were go? were not we? we? We're going to go and um, interview you know a few bands face to face, which which you know we we're really looking forward to. But that that, yeah, came, I mean, that was really close, wasn't it? It was like April. It was like when yeah, things but, really just yeah. shut shut down.
2: Yeah, we were we were five days away from leaving for a Western Canada tour, and then about four weeks away from from flying over. So, yeah, it, it definitely hit us at a bad time for sure, like it did a lot of people. So, um, yeah. yeah, we're still trying to make those dates up.
0: Cool. So I, I guess what we usually do with these things, we kind of do a little bit of a walk through the ages, really, um, yeah. and kind of take things back to where, where you started. So I don't know if you can maybe um, – Kind of go back to you know how you guys started. I mean, you've been you've been around quite a while now, so mm-hmm. um, probably have to do a bit of a whistle stop version of it. But um, yeah, kind of how how do you guys get together? And obviously, I know you've changed a bit in terms of members, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, take us back to a bit of the, bit at the start,
2: really. So I started the band in 1995. Um, we were a three piece then uh, with uh, some one was a guy that uh, one of the guys was somebody that I went to high school with and someone I had met at a record store. He worked at a record store in Calgary. And we were just like, you know, like I say like it was a three piece. It was pretty simple music. Um, I didn't think I was going to really make much of it as far as a band goes, because I had had a record label um, that I that I had for about eight years and I put out 13 releases. It was called Hourglass Records. And as much as I love punk and playing, playing it, I just uh, didn't think that I was going to be able to pull this off. So I, I thought I was going to be sort of like the guy putting out bands records. Um, yeah. and then as time went on, I started, I remember we played our first show in nineties, 96, and, um, I was hooked. I, I think just a switch went off and, you know, before you knew it, we were very quickly doing weekenders, um, all through college and, and started going to the States and sh- pretty shortly into 98, 99, I just, we just kind of went for it. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, um, it kind of gradually, you know, built up over time. And I, we've been to about 40 countries and we've played probably over 1500 shows and played with some of my, my heroes growing up in the, in the genre. There's not too many bands that we, that, you know, I haven't crossed off the list yet. So, um, I feel very fortunate to be able to still do this in my mid forties, and we're going on twenty six years now.
1: Who who? So who were like a couple of those heroes that, that you've played with?
2: One of the one of the early bands that we toured with was Bad Religion, and that was in ninety nine. And we did a Canadian tour with them, and at that point they'd only really done mostly like Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal. And so this they actually did some other dates. They they played um, Calgary and Edmonton and Winnipeg, and so these were big shows for us, you know, we're talking thousands of people every night and you're talking to a band that, um, that was used to playing in front of 50 people in a basement. So, um, that was a big one. And we, we, we met strung out. They were the main support on that tour. Nice. And that was some earlier on, you know, early on, we kind of, that, that kind of got us into, to, um, to playing with bands of that size. And then, you know, we started, uh, we got some dates on the warp tour and that turned into, you know, a lot of other tours as well. So, yeah. um, you know, after the Bad Religion Tour, other than Warp Tour, we were doing a lot of just sort of headlining basement shows in front of 20 people in the U.S. for a lot of years um, and built things up in Canada. And it was sort of, I remember we toured with the Mad Caddies and that was a really big one for us at the time. We did a Canada mm-hmm. with them and became really good friends with them. And we started doing some stuff in the States with them. But I remember when Satanic Surfers, uh, we got paired up with them across Canada and become became good buds. And they actually brought us to, to Europe for the first time for for nine shows and then uh, from there we hooked up with uh, we, we jumped on a few shows in switzerland with no use for a name and pulley became good friends with both those bands ultimately came back a year and a bit later with Pulley and did a full uh tour with pulley um but yeah it was satanic surfers that kind of kicked things off for us overseas and then once we started coming okay. over to europe and then we went to japan it it really just kind of started um taking off i guess for the band and and uh, and you know so those are some early, you know, kind of bands that we, we you know, sort of clipped off the list there. Um, more recently, we've done tours with Lagwagon and Pennywise and Comeback Kid. And uh, those were, we did some dates with No Effects. And, and these are all, um, they're all really great tours to be on.
1: Yeah, it's fat, fat Mike, fun to spend time with.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. And like, you know, <laughs> it's crazy how big those shows are. Like, it's just, you know, it's still you know, 20 some years later, I still really appreciate being able to do those dates. You know, I remember we did a, yeah. a little run with Rise Against in 2003, kind of when they were really building up.
1: Uh, okay, and just before it went mad for them. You know,
2: so, yeah. Um, yeah, we seem to be uh very lucky that way. And, you know, certainly a lot of a lot of hard work, but a lot of people that have thrown us some good spots.
0: I mean, that that first Bad Religion tour, obviously you said it was a bit of a, a kind of thing started to build momentum from there. How did that that the initial tour kind of come together. How did you end up on that bill?
2: So, in '98, Warp Tour, they uh, to the guys uh, Bobby and and Jay Bentley. They did. Uh, they had this sort of pirate radio station, and they had it with this local DJ from LA, I think. And um, they went around and collected collected demos from bands all over the Warp Tour, and it was probably hundreds or thousands of them. And I I gave them our first record in Vancouver. And three months later, I get a call and I thought it was somebody pranking me like it was Jay right. Bentley on the phone with with the and I recognized the DJ's voice as well. And it all just, you know, you kind of get that like you're floating over yourself kind of feeling. And they said, hey, we're doing this Canada tour. You guys won this contest. You want to do you want to come do this tour? And obviously we said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And then we found out Strung Out was on it. It was just like, yes, like it's just, you know, it just got better.
0: Nice. Was cool. Is there any, any one of those tours from back in the day that, I mean, which one, which one, if you had to pick one now that you could go back and do again and say, I mean, which one, which one would it be? Is that too, too difficult?
2: It's, it's hard because we have done a lot of really great tours. I'll, I'll say that there was a tour with the Mad Caddies in Europe and the UK in 2004, I think it was, and Throw Rag was also on that. And we did, I think, thirty-five or thirty-six dates. Like we really did a, a good-sized tour. And you have to remember that, like every at that time, you know, all those shows were so. Like we we did the Astoria in in London. It was, you know, there was a lot of big shows, you know, but a lot of really great shows. And it, they're just so much fun to tour with and play with. And I and I just love those guys and what they've done um, yeah. for our band, but also just you know they're just so much fun to hang out with. But <clears throat> yeah, the, I would say that tour is probably the most memorable.
1: Man, I missed the Astoria. That was a great venue.
2: Yeah, that was my only time I've ever played there. We usually play the Garage or the, uh, or we were playing Underworld at the time.
1: Oh, okay. Both, both cool venues as well, to be fair. They're yeah. Obviously not on, yeah. not on the scale the Astoria was.
2: But even, even more recently, like we just did a tour with, uh, Pennywise and Comeback Kid in South America. And they were, I mean, they're huge, huge shows. Um, we did i mean lag still one of my favorite bands and we did south america with them uh, a couple of years ago and that with mute and adrenalized and that was a killer tour as well Oh, so, that's amazing yeah, we, even yeah, recently yeah. we've had some some great tours
1: yeah like south america is like a, a big market like one doesn't necessarily always think about for for punk rock music but I, well you know, I know yeah there's a big i mean following there. like
2: yeah right across the board south america is, is awesome for shows um yeah. not, it, it is a little logistically a little more it's a little tough to, tougher to get there. You know, there's a lot yeah. of expenses. It is expensive to tour there. But okay. the, when you go, the people are amazing. And like Brazil, there's a lot of people in Brazil. And, and there's a lot of people that love punk rock music. Um, but not just Brazil, you know. I remember we toured Venezuela in 04 really? And not many bands have toured Venezuela. And that was a crazy right. show. We've, we, just, we just did this huge festival in Medellin, Colombia. And it was probably the biggest show we've ever played. <laughs> That's um, incredible
0: yeah I remember watching um the is it the punk rock passport the no effects yeah. documentary yeah I was, I was just and I remember watching, yeah, watching yeah. like um their South America shows and they looked mental like totally yeah. nuts
2: yeah we had just recently gone to Chile we were we meant to we were meant to go there in 04 and and, and it cancelled and um and then we, we we did go a couple of times with the Pennywise and and Lagwagon and those mm-hmm. were some of the biggest shows as well and it we didn't know we even had any fans there and we like it felt like you know there was a lot of love there and you know peru's great um argentina i love buenos aires you know there's lots of lots of good spots down there and it it feels different because you know i've been to europe probably close to 20 times and it's amazing every time i go but it's just a different kind of you know it's a different kind of thing it's always exciting when you haven't been to a place you know before and so uh, it's very special
0: so uh, I guess UK-wise then how I many I mean how many times you've been over here too many times to 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 remember maybe
2: I would say between Belvedere and this is a standoff probably 15 probably 15 yeah. times maybe cool. maybe more cuz I know we did some just we did one just UK tour with captain everything um oh yeah I think that was in 04 and that was we didn't even go to Europe on that time that was just the UK so I know we've been there we've been there a lot yeah yeah didn't
1: sure. you didn't you have some love from the household name um yeah they, of, didn't they
2: they really kind of got us going over there actually they Lil and right, Catherine were right. awesome they, they put yeah. out to us Hestead former child and and um and so we really kind of put a lot of effort into you know touring the uk more I know a lot of yeah. bands kind of sometimes go in there and play three four shows and leave we we spent three weeks there with captain everything. Um, and even when we were just going there, it was very rare that we went there less than a week. Like we really tried to to hit a lot of towns that, you know, not just London and Manchester, you know, it was sure, like, we, we sure. tried to, you know, we played Hartlepool. We played, you know, we were up, in, we were up in Scotland for three days. We were, you know, we, we, we didn't just play Cardiff. We played Bridge End, Like we, you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. we definitely, um, tried to play as much as, as we could. And I still, When we go back there now, it's the same thing. I don't want to spend three days in the UK. I want to go there for, you know, seven, ten days, uh, at least a few times, to try and hit, you know, some of these smaller towns where we have fans, but maybe they don't want to make the trip to London and, you know, everything that goes along with that.
1: That's very cool. Are there there any kind of spots in particular that that you're fond of in the UK having having? been to all these places i would say that so
2: manchester times. really got us early <laughs> you okay. know we, we played a lot of shows in front of nobody in the in the beginning in the uk but i felt yeah. like manchester had a good scene around it. keep in mind this was 2001 or 2002 um okay. and it's been yeah. great for us ever since i love going to wales i love playing sort of cardiff bridge end area uh, london is is awesome even like you know going down to brighton or hastings or out to the west to Plymouth, there's always these little you know spots where you kind of go and it's like, wow, yeah. like maybe there's fifty people or hundred people, but they're so excited. And um there's been some really nice surprises for sure.
1: That's cool. Have you played like the Concorde in Brighton, presumably place?
2: Yeah, a few times. Yeah. I was there yeah. with the Mad Caddies, yeah. I think was the last time, but I th- remember we played the Free Butt, I think, once as well.
1: Oh, the free bar. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. I, I used to live there, hence, hence Did my you? knowledge yeah. of those venues. Yeah. yeah and so,
2: yeah. like, I'm a booking agent. So, I actually book a lot of bands. I book drones in the UK there and uh, a few other bands. Um, the company's called Merit Based Booking. And so, I, I try okay. to get to know the venues. I'm not as in, you know, I, I don't have my ear to the ground as much as if I was from the UK, but I do my best from Canada. And so, I book uh, quite a few bands in Europe and the UK as well as Canada and overseas. Oh, uh, okay.
0: How's that at the moment then in terms of, well, probably a silly question, but in terms of being a booking agent, uh, in terms of like, yeah, but in terms of like, because you're seeing tours being booked again now and you're seeing bands release kind of dates, like, what's the situation, like, just bands just jostling for any, uh, like, any venue that's available, to get dates Like, how's how's it working at the moment in terms of? Well, like, the, I, like book, the I book buttons? for about
2: thirty different. I book in about thirty different countries, so it's it can be okay. every okay. every every country's different, right? Yeah, right. So, right, yeah. you know, the UK is probably the furthest ahead right now in terms of being able to have shows. So you're you you are seeing locally there, you know, either full speed ahead or at least distant shows probably planned for the summer for July after mm-hmm. some it looks like some restrictions are going to kind of uh, ease up a little bit i think in june there and then in you know september october you're starting to see some full scale tours happen now as far as europe goes um it's a bit of a question mark i would say i think some people are uh-huh. are being pretty positive and 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 we're you know you're trying to put some rooms on hold in hoping that you know it'll happen in canada i think you know it's probably looking fall uh, or maybe later in the States, they're already starting to have shows. So every country, it's 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 difficult to just book a full Europe tour right now, because as we get closer to that summer, fall, some might be able to happen and some might not. And, and I don't know any better than you do. And that's another thing I think that people, the bands, they kind of say, well, what do you think? And it's like, you know, agents are kind of scratching their heads, going, "Uh, like I'll put a room on hold for you, but that's about all I can do at this point." And the promoters are right. just been devastated; these venues have been devastated. So, you know, nobody wants to stick their neck out. They want to kind of put the rooms on hold, so you know that you have them. But as far as announcing stuff, it's it's going to trickle out, I think. But
0: presumably, when these when these countries and these places do open again, like, isn't there isn't the expectation that everyone's going to get to try and get into them at the same time rather than, you know, your normal kind of, you know, your your bands would tour throughout the year and have their off time and what have you. Yeah, and it's, it's just going to be uh, backlogs at venues to, you know, to get into venues and stuff. Right.
2: Yeah. And I think that's why, like in, you know, in some of the bigger cities in Alberta or in, in Canada, like where you'd book maybe five or six months, I'm booking 14 months. So right. um, it does get, you know, to that point where as a booking agent, you, your, your biggest fear is making sure you have a room because when the doors do fly open, if you don't have that room, well then now it's your fault, <laughs> right. which it isn't really because there's like, who can predict this stuff. Right. But all you can do is just try to like adjust and, and do what you can. So I do have that small fear that like the, the doors are going to get swung open worldwide and I'm going to have to reschedule 300 shows. <laughs> a week. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Cause um. I booked 20 bands. So it's, um, it is in the back of my mind for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm I was just gonna say, I mean, we talked about it with other guests in terms of like when that does happen though, you would really hope um and kind of anticipate a huge appetite for like live music again. Probably, you know, more so than yeah. than there has been kind of before this all happened, you know?
2: Well that's what we're all hoping, you know. And there's a lot and I think as a band, this is how I look at it, as, as somebody who sort of wears a few different hats in the music industry, I I think it's best right now to not have big expectations. I think, you know, I, my hope is that that's what happens. But also, um, again, every country is different, you know, like there's a lot of people that have been devastated financially from this. And I can't expect people that are just trying to eat to have expendable in- income to go to a show yeah. and buy a T-shirt. So. Yeah, I hope so. But at the same time, I'm very understanding that like not everybody has the same situation. Um, all I can focus on right now is is getting the bands ready to go. And for me personally, I just want to be able to play music. I want to be able to see people. Yeah. I want to be able to talk to them again. I want to be able. To, I mean, that for me, that's almost more important to me than the music is is the the ability to go out. And travel around the world and meet people and see your friends because most of my friends don't live in my city so you know you they're the people that you get used to seeing once a year in europe and and it's a real bummer to not have that connection so i'm really looking forward to that just playing you know giving some of my buds a big hug and (laughs) probably a little extra than normal you know yeah Um, yeah i really do miss a lot of people nice um
1: do you so you say you book like 20 bands or whatever are they kind of like based all over the world or are they kind of mainly yeah. Canadian What's or are they they're just all over the place?
2: I actually only have a few Canadian bands, uh, Belvedere, okay. Wolfric, Downway, um, and then uh, I have a lot of American bands and then I have a lot of bands from Europe and the UK. So if you go on to merit bu- meritbasedbooking.com, uh, you can see the list there. And so some of the, uh, you know, I've got bands like Cigar and much the same um, where I book them. Pretty much everywhere, you know. Maybe some of the bands I don't book in the states because they have sort of a dedicated booking agent down there. Um, yeah. And then you know, bands like Satanic Surfers and No Fun at All, I book them just in Canada, where they have you know agencies in Europe and the UK. <clears throat> so it does it oh, does okay. sort of waver a bit. But yeah, yeah, I have a lot of bands from from Europe and the UK.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just looking now. I can see one of your your favorites, Useless ID, is on the list there.
0: Nick. Oh yeah, I'd be impressed. Yeah. Yeah, would good, good, be it. great to see them again at some point um they're a great like yeah i love, love seeing those they're guys. great
2: we we actually we did japan with them the very first time we went to japan we went with them and the vandals and so we got to know them you know pretty well and lost touch with them for a little bit but we just did some dates with no effects a few years ago and they were on those dates and i'd seen them at festivals when belvedere this is a standoff had toured over there and it yeah. just worked out like you know we know each other they trust me and and uh, it's uh, it's wonderful to have useless ID on the on the roster.
1: Nice, I, I see uh, Chaser on there as well. Which um, yeah, those guys are know. great. Yeah, Chris is basically
0: yeah. interrogating your roster here. <laughs> Please, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, because
2: here's the th- here's the thing. I've done this before, where I start rattling off bands I book, and then I realize about ten bands in, I start forgetting bands, and then I go, oh no, I can't. You know, once you get to halfway <laughs> point, you got to say them all. Or you know you're in trouble. So I just kind of throw a few out there, and then you can look at them and and.
1: Yeah, I remember like my my old friend Dave Buck from Dying Scene. I don't know if you know him, like because he worked yeah. with Chaser, but he might he must love your band as well. Like you're completely right up his street. I don't know if you've interacted Dying with Dying Scene much been, over the years.
2: Been good to us for sure over the years.
1: Yeah, that doesn't shock me. Sorry, Nick, before you can. I was just
0: gonna say, obviously you have got your booking agent stuff, Belvedere work. I mean, what what other kind of pies do you have your hands in?
2: Um, yeah, I do manage a few of the bands, La Armada and Wolfric. I I sort of am their manager as well. I mean, it's managing is kind of such a funny thing, right? Like it's ultimately, I don't take any money for it and I just want to like help them push forward, you know, I I book them. So I want to, you know, help them out with their record deals and distribution and things that I sort of know a little bit about. And that's, I mean, that advice goes across the board for all the bands. I mean, I don't really have a manager title. I just sort of call it management, but ultimately I you know i'm just trying to give them advice and save them a few of the mistakes because i've made a lot of them um so that's that's where the love really comes in is i just want to see these bands do well
1: um sorry jump jumping ahead in the kind of we're just obviously talking about the early days of your career um when belvedere like kind of disbanded the first time whatever and you and obviously you've mentioned a few times uh um your other band um is is that is that still a thing or or since Belvedere have, have kind of taken the reins again, is that, you know, just kind of taken over, um, uh, this is a standoff, like, yeah, what's the, what's the deal with that?
2: So if, this is a standoff ended in 2011 and yeah. there, and like no bad blood at all. Like, like one guy lives in Toronto, two guys are up in Edmonton, I'm here in calgary and so it just got to that point where we, it was just supposed to be a full like sort of a fun sideband and ended up like we were touring a ton and we were putting out records and and uh we were good with where we were with that <clears throat> so at the end of 2011 that's when belvedere kind of came back to just to do mm-hmm. some reunion shows and again it wasn't like much thought past the 10 or 12 shows we were going to do but then as we kept playing and more shows came up we put out the last record so um you know, I think this is a standoff came back. We did some stuff in in uh, in Europe, in the UK and some Canada stuff, just some reunion stuff. And then we just re-released all our albums on vinyl. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll start doing some stuff a- again as well. I've sort of learned to to stop saying we're done. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right, I don't right. know if I'm ever done. And I don't you know, I just think sometimes <laughs> you just need to take breaks from this stuff. Um, because I tend to do things a little too much all at once, you know, so, um, yeah. you know, doing 200 shows a year is a lot on people, especially over several years. And so I think I you tend to burn yourself out a little bit. So I'm starting to take a different approach where it's more like, let's just like do things when it makes sense. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to say I'm done with any of this stuff now. I think I'll just assume that everything's got a potential to fire up again at any time.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. I
0: mean, is it? Are you? So you say you're kind of you're you're coaching these new bands that you manage to kind of not make the same mistakes you know you made over the years. I mean, is that is that kind of what what that was about? Kind of doing too much to you know touring yeah. too hard.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say we're the only bands that that band that did this. There's a lot of bands that played th- that many shows, but I would say. You know, we weren't on the we had some good tours, but we were doing a lot of that in front of nobody. You know, we were doing those two shows a year and it was small basement shows in the States for years and years. And that's the kind of stuff I think that you you start to set yourself. You don't set yourself up for any kind of success when you kind of burn yourself out, you know. And I'm sure there's some tours that we didn't have to do that we did anyways, just because we thought that's what that's what you do. Right.
1: Right. Um, Right.
2: So that that is a big lesson that I sort of tell bands. Is that you know you don't have to go out there and do 200 shows a year unless it makes sense unless it's like doing opening up for bigger tours where you think it's actually going to accomplish something. So that's definitely lesson number one. And lesson number two is is just watching the deal you set forth with your band and and these labels and publishers and everything else that people kind of get entangled in because I've certainly uh, gotten us into some issues that you know we've eventually gotten ourselves out out of, but you know, we've had a lot of really great labels along, along the, you know, along the years too. But, you know, I think, especially now the way things are with, with music being online and sharing you're your best promoter. And so it has to be a good collaboration with good labels, with real distribution um, before you start going, well, I'm going to jump in with these guys because we just need something. I know a lot of small bands are desperate and, and um, and they just want to have something, but you want to make sure that like you know three years from now you're not regretting that decision.
1: Got you, got you. Um, could, I think uh, should we let's get into the new record a little bit. You know, if I want to ask you a little bit about that. Um, so uh, we, your your publicist Chris sent it to us. Um, so we've had the pleasure of enjoying it this week. Um, oh, good, the whole thing. I think yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. i so- I I I think this. You, The standouts for me you know not not that you asked or whatever but um i really like the opening track and and there's Mm. one of the songs that i think you've put you've put out um Mm. it's track four on the album i forget what it's called camera something
2: camera obscura yeah
1: that's the one i love the chorus on that man it's it's really cool so um yeah just like so who, who did you do the record with like what what were you kind of you know what's were you kind of wanting it to sound a little bit different from stuff you've done before like how how did you approach it like what was what were the thoughts behind it
2: well one of the biggest things too is that we we recorded this at our drummer studio echo bay studio where we we did the last record revenge of the fifth uh we yeah. tracked it there but we we mixed it at the blasting room and this time we we wanted to just do the whole thing at, at casey's studio so casey and i produced the record casey did okay. all the heavy lifting as far as the engineering and um yeah we did it over over uh, just over a month and um it was nice because you know we had some timelines but it wasn't that super crunch that you have when you sort of are dropping a bunch of money and going into another studio we were able to right there was some days where we could just go you know what i just i don't got it in me or you just you wanted to take it home for a few more di- you know days of listens before you sort of committed to whatever you know you wanted to do on it so i think it was good and i'm really pleased at at where it's at. And I think Casey did a great job and he's made some leaps and bounds as in my opinion, as to, to his recording techniques. And I think he did a great job and I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. And what
0: about from a, from a writing perspective? Do I mean, do you do most of the writing and bring that to the table or? No. Is it, was um, it all a bit, I, a bit collaborative? I, I, d-
2: I would say that, you know, lyrics and singing is pretty much a hundred percent me though. Casey did write uh, the last song. Um, But music-wise, I'm more of a collaborator. I like, you know, I I, there's a couple songs that I that I definitely came up with sort of the initial riffs and song structure, and I do a lot of the editing, you know, I uh, sort of in terms of you know arrangements and changing things up because I want to be really happy with what finally comes out. But you know, the other Mm -hmm. guys, Dan and Ryan, who are new to the band, one of the reasons that they're in the band is not just because of them playing old Belvedere music was their ability to write. And okay. they were exceptional as far as, you know, being able to write with and had so many great ideas that, you know, it just became which one are we going to go with? So everybody did a great job. Casey came up with a lot of great songs and uh, it, it felt like a real collaborative effort.
1: That's cool. And I, I bet you're very much looking forward to getting out and playing those songs.
2: Yeah, Well, and collaboration is a funny thing because, you know, our bass player, Ryan, lives in Toronto. And of course, with everything COVID this last year, trying to jam was was next to impossible, depending on the time of year. So there was a lot of sending ideas back and forth. And then we knew that we were, you know, we we got most of the record to where we wanted to. But we knew that, you know, we needed some time in the studio to actually, you know, flesh out some of the ideas because we didn't have the jam time that we, we normally would have
0: cool so so when you get out back on the road obviously you're going to pay a good portion of that record but um Mm. what's what's the rest of the show going to look like you've got some time to ponder kind of what what songs you're going to put on the set list right
2: yeah i i don't know what we're at i think we're under 100 songs to kind of choose from so you have to um you have to kind of think about that i will probably play some of the record i don't think we're going to play the whole thing i think you know We'll definitely play a good chunk of songs there. But, you know, there's lots of songs off Fast 40 to the tape and Revenge of the Fifth and Twas Hell and Angels that we still have yeah, like to course. play. So, um, you know, we probably won't play longer than an hour and 20, hour and a half. So, you know, you do right. run out of time. So I, yeah. I remember when, when we came when we came back in 2012, we we did 38 songs. And I remember in Toronto and I think we played almost two hours. And I, you know, that's a long time.
1: That's a long old set. Yeah. A lot of energy. Not like when you're just that. sitting up
2: there jamming away. Like we're jumping. It's, you know, we're engaged. Yeah, of course, it's not like just sitting up there on a chair jamming away for two hours, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah after an hour, it definitely feels like overtime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Particularly with um, some of your technical. Your music's quite technical as well, so it's kinda you know, that's that that takes a lot. It reminds me of Nick, you know, we we so uh Steve, we spoke to um Sulin from propagandy and they were mm-hmm. talking about like the first time they joined the band and just um how intense it was like to play for an hour and a half, particularly that style of music, you know, which you know isn't obviously a million miles away from yours, you know. So you know, yeah. if that kind of makes sense. She's
2: been such a she's been such a great addition to that band. I really enjoy the right.
1: record.
0: Well, I mean Incredible you've, guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean you've had some new members over the years how does what what does that look like when you're bringing someone new in and they've got to like deal with you know your your, your fast pace kind of kind of stuff i mean have you you, have well, been, do you you're just meeting people along the way and kind of bringing people in or
2: no no this I mean this was a big shake up like uh, Scott and Jay have been in the band since the late nineties so mm. um they got to that yeah. point where touring wasn't in their blood anymore and I respect that and so you know we didn't we searched around and found two people that we knew and knew that they wanted to be in the band and wanted to to tour, um which was a big one. and they're they're a little bit younger and um, and they're pretty amped on everything. they both of them have some touring under their belts and um, and have been you know part of our Calgary music scene for quite some time. Ryan used to live here actually. Okay. um so yeah they're all pretty amped on you know in some of these places a lot of these places are places they've never been so you know everyone's really excited about kind of getting going here and um but it was a big shake-up it took a long time to you know to replace uh two founding well almost founding members so um you know it wasn't just something that was it was you know definitely some gut checks like can we do this going forward but you know we Casey and I really wanted to we still have a lot of gas in the tank so to speak and um yeah um these guys fit in perfectly they're the right people for the band and and I think as we start to tour and they get to meet the fans and and I think people will see that too that they're really uh they're really great
1: cool cool um also like more importantly than the records um on friday you got you got a beer coming out is
2: that right like, yeah that somewhere? <laughs>
1: That's we a got beer and
2: we got coffee. No, you can't. That's a problem. Like we, we, I work for a brewery just south of Calgary here. So we did a little limited run. But unfortunately, just due to liquor laws, we, we can't actually sell outside of Alberta, actually. I thought we could maybe oh, get okay. some other places in Canada, but it's mostly just in Alberta. And we just came out with a coffee from Anarchy Roasters in Kelowna, B.C. And we can ship that in Canada, but just in Canada because, again, just oh, okay. you no know, laws and things that I don't really want to stick my nose in. So they tell me we can do this, we can't do that. And I'm like, cool.
1: So only our Canadian listeners can, yeah. You have
0: to pack your suitcase with a few when you when you get over here touring in the, in the UK. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, it's fun. Like, I mean, again, it's just, we're not putting a lot of, into this. It's just more like, you know, we got to do something and we wanted, you know, we probably wouldn't normally have the time to do all this, but um, I just wanted to do as much fun stuff as we could just because yeah. we could.
0: Talking of fun stuff, you did something with... Um, uh, the punk uh, punk rock factory guys in Wales, right?
2: How did yeah. yeah.
0: How did that come about? Did they just reach out to you? Or?
2: Yeah, we've been in touch a, a little bit there. Um, I saw them do uh, I saw them do a song with Rody from Protest the Hero, and uh, it was a it was a meatloaf cover, and I just thought it was hilarious. And I wrote him, I was like, I want to do one of these things. This this sounds fun. <laughs> and so they said, so we were actually kicking around lots of ideas. We were like talking about should i do an enrique iglesia should i do sia which would have probably <laughs> ruined my voice but amazing but uh, ultimately they said you know hey why don't we we're doing this disney um album you should come and do a song and so i picked a moana song pretty early on and then nice. i found out that roadie was doing the other moana song and and some of the other people on the record as well and uh, dennis from 10 foot pole and and um it was it was super fun and and uh, and got, you know it's neat because it kind of reaches a whole new audience you know parents with kids and yeah you know, they probably won't like the rest of the stuff I do but at least they got to listen to that song <laughs> <and
0: it's-> yeah <laughs> they've got they've built up quite a big kind of cult following haven't they like, I, yeah
2: I don't, yeah don't
0: yeah it's themselves. been neat
2: to, it's been neat to watch and they're real sweet guys and they're they're um, fans of the band and and it was super cool to uh, to do this with them
0: nice. So, um, just going back to the record, is there any um, any standouts for you? I mean, what what are your kind of favorite songs from um, from that from that record?
2: Well, you've probably seen four singles come out, so that's not yep. by accident.
1: Ah, okay, got you. Got <laughs> I you.
2: like I like Elephant March a lot. I like uh, Good Grief Retreat. Chromatic is a great one. There's one a song num- uh, I think it's the third one called The Ides, which I really like. Camera Obscura's okay. one. Um, yeah, I like a lot of this record. It's 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 fun. I'm I'm excited about all of it and and I hope that uh that people dig it. So, um uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm I'm pumped to see what people think and um but I feel good about it, you know, like I feel like mm-hmm. um it's where this band should be and uh and I'm glad that 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 it, it came out the way it did.
0: Cool. Well, um yeah, thanks for giving us your time anyway. Um uh, Steve will hopefully Hopefully see see you on the road at some point in the UK when um
2: when you yeah uh, definitely you well thanks for having me Chris and Nick I appreciate it. it's uh, it's good to talk to you guys I, I hope of course uh, man. we'll get I hope we'll get to uh, do this over a pint sometime soon
1: I'd definitely, love that man. I'd love that man yeah. yeah
0: yeah cool well good luck with a new record dude and um, yeah hopefully catch you soon
2: yeah thanks guys have a great day thank you thank you for listening
1: if you liked what you heard we'd love it if you could subscribe to us uh wherever you get your podcast whether that's itunes or spotify or stitcher or anywhere like that um also check us out on social media if you you just search for wasting time podcast on instagram or twitter or facebook give us a like or a follow on any of those and also we love hearing from listeners as well so uh, feel free anytime to drop us an email at the wasting time podcast at gmail.com or obviously you can message us on social media as well but um, yeah we'll catch you next time to wait for you to arrive